customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. Next. Hi. Speak up, please. Hi. Please don't yell. Sorry. Okay, sir, what can um, we do for you today? Uh, can I get a, a chicken burrito, sir, please? Sir, we don't have chicken. We only have the Cajun chick. Would you like oh. that? Oh, I'm... Please speed up. Okay. Please pick um, up your speed. Yes, uh, yes, Cajun. Okay, black or brown. Um, no, what? the beans, oh. sir. Um, yeah, um, uh, black beans. Okay, please. do you want any badubu aioli? I, uh... Okay, I, please look at the know. menu before you come in. Okay. Do you want padubu? Oh, uh, yes. Order our food! Okay, do you want okay, any uh, toppings? Um, can, can I do the, the lettuce? Speak up! Lettuce? I can't hear you! Lettuce? Don't yell at me! I'm sorry. Lettuce? Okay, anything else? Um, and the, 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 the pico de gallo. We don't have that item here, sir! Sir, please look um, at the menu next okay, time before okay, you come in! Is no, that no, okay, that's all beans! Okay! Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Friday, February 23rd, 2024. This is The Drop. I'm J.E. Skeets, back in the Classic Factory, and alongside me, as always, Tass Mellis. Friday, freaks. Happy Friday. Next to him, it's the bearded one, Matapsha Hot Boy, Trey Kirby. Hey yo. Hey yo. And last but not least, over yonder, making the magic happen, super producer, J.D. Hello. There he is, and here we are, back together in Atlanta on today's Drop we're going to discuss some second-half storylines to watch. We're going to fix the All-Star game, because no one's done that yet. And you know we got some rapid-fire fun. And look, we got to sort of fly through this show, because there's a lot of activity out on JD Street, just outside the Classic Factory. The power could go at any second. I don't think that's ever happened in the history of our show, where the power just went out, and we go, we go to black. But it's in play here today. Did you see how Exciting many trucks are out there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of guys walking around, like, furious out there. They're just water <laughs> rushing down the streets. I, didn't even, I mean, it rained a little last night, but I think they're just pumping the hydrants or something. It's wild out there. AT&T problems yesterday. Maybe it's uh, Oh, yeah. hey, maybe. Maybe yeah, it's all yeah. connected. Who knows? Uh, before we get into what you got, though, we had another wedgie. Oh, they keep coming. After the All-Star break, our first one, of course, and it's Moses Moody. Sticking his second one of the season on the little uh, jumper there. Yeah, make him look like that. So, uh, wedgie number 39 on pace still 
for 59. Uh, this was uh, a lot of people coming up to us over All-Star Weekend. How about them wedgies? <laughs> and they continue to roll. So we love to see that. So good job by Moses Moody. Uh, lots of games on last night. 24 teams in action. We thought, let's talk about a little bit of them by playing a little What You Got. What you got? Yeah, I can't get to every team, but uh, what you got to hit the highlights? Play along if you're joining us live on YouTube. Also, smash that like button, hit subscribe, and podcast listeners, tweet in your answers at NoDunkSync, I-N-C on the end. First one, Shea Gilgis-Alexander scored 31 points. He does that every game. As the Thunder beat the Clippers 129-107 in a matchup of Western Conference contenders, OKC lights out from the field, a lot of great defense, uh, both when it came to blocking shots and steals as well. Meanwhile, in Dallas, Luka scored 41. Kyrie had 29. Suns beat the Mavs 123-113 on TNT, extending their win streak to seven. So Dallas pulled even with Phoenix in the standings, 33-23. and They took the head-to-head tiebreaker. So we started here, Tass. More impressive win from last night. Thunder over the Clippers or Mavericks over the Suns? What you got? This is a great race because we had a great night in the association. It's great to have basketball again. I mean, it was a little boring Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. It's good to see you back. Wedgies could be at an all-time high. You see that happening. In both these games, you saw great home teams in great games, very close games at half, but pull away in the third quarter. I'm going to go with OKC, though, okay. because of how deep they went. That team is so freaking deep. And Mark Dagno, who I do think is going to be coach of the year, made a change at half and was able to sit Josh Giddy at half in place. He put Isaiah Joe out there, decided to change it up because this team is so freaking deep. It, it is mark- remarkable with Isaiah Joe out there. Now they have Gordon Hayward, who made his debut mm-hmm. out there. Kenrich Williams, Aaron Wiggins, Kaysen Wallace, who's going to be a star one day. I wonder what's going to happen with this team. But all those guys came off the bench. And they were able to turn it around in the third quarter and really just thump the Clippers bench. And that's what it came down to. And it, they, they made that change there of deciding, well, Josh Getty just ain't shooting the ball. They're just playing way off him. Let's change it up. Because Mark Dagnall can do that with this team. They've got so many guys believing in him. They go 10 deep. And it wasn't just check. Holmgren dropping Paul George out there. I mean, that was freaking cool. Uh, Paul George just drops with Chet Holmgren. But this this game was a healthy Clips team on one side, and the Thunder just being too deep for them. While on the other side, I think I think you could take a little bit away from the Suns because they didn't have Bradley Beal. But I, I, I think, you know, single performances, you, you're probably going to talk about Luka in a second, but I will take the Thunder and just... They just adapted, and that's the scary part of them. They can adapt to any situation, any series, any time. This is a tough one, TK. Both are, both are impressive wins, but which one are you going with over the other? I think the second half from the Thunder was so impressive that it's got to get the win here. Switching in Isaiah Joe for Josh Giddy, Just smart. There was nobody in the lane offensively uh, for the Thunder after that. And then on the other side, you have Chet holding it down in the paint defensively. And Jalen Williams had three blocks in the second mm-hmm. half as well. I thought the Thunder were great at back cutting the Clippers in the second half with no rim protector out there or Zubats out chasing Chet Holmgren. They they just completely flipped the script on the Clippers, and that's a team that likes to play small ball. They got out small balled uh, by a Thunder team, but the Mavericks got an incredible win too. 70 points combined from Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving. Uh, Luka did pick up his 12th tech. That could come out uh, further into the season here, but with Derek Lively, Daniel Gafford, 
PJ Washington and Maxi Kleba looking healthy. Yeah. They've got a lot of big man combos right now. They shot the ball really well from three last night, made 19 threes, only 10 turnovers. They finished minus one in offensive rebounding, so they actually won the possession game, won the three-point game. They're looking good right now. Basically, since they made the trades for Gafford and P.J. Washington, coinciding with Kyrie Irving getting healthy, those two guys, Luka and Kyrie, man, incredible shot makers. You can tell they like playing with each other. Mm -hmm. And Kyrie gives them a little something special just because he pushes in the transition so much. He had some ridiculous oh. finishes in this game. Luka had another fake off a guy's back for a basket in this game. Uh, great stuff from both of these teams winning, the Thunder and the Mavericks. Yeah, just back to the Thunder for a second. It felt like it was one of those games where their best offense was their defense because they were scoring in transition a lot of the times because they were stealing the ball or obviously getting blocks and keeping the rebound there. 30-10. to 10. They beat the Clips in fast break points. Overall, the Thunder scored 26 points on possessions after a steal or a rebounded block. They looked great. I mean, this is a team, the more you watch them, the more you start to convince yourself, why not them going to a conference finals? Hell, why not them uh, You know, representing the West in the finals? Because of their depth, like you said, Tass, because of their leader, how they play, uh, and just how they play defense. Like I love that only the Celtics, Wolves, and Cavs protect the rim better. Than the Thunder. Big part of that, of course, is Chet playing. He's you know, he's incredible. He's, so he's just the perfect guy to put alongside all these other guys. And and what I do like, like Shea is in the MVP running. Like I know we might get to that. Luca, of course, he's probably you know jumped up a couple spots. You know, you you maybe have him as high as three now. Maybe he's leaped Giannis. He's right there with these other guys, Jokic and SGA. But SGA, man. He's a dog defensively, too. Like, he really doesn't take plays off on that end. And I think it, like, obviously, it's sort of like, it goes to everyone on that team. Dort, you know, Wallace, like you said. Yep. J-Dub, incredible defender himself. Chet's awesome for a big. So, yeah, man, that defense is uh, elite. Looked dominant in that victory. But the Mavs, too, I loved about that game. Suns were hanging around. It was like one of those, like, they kept hitting threes and just were like, they were always, like, within seven or eight points. This was, like, early in the fourth quarter. But they just could not stop Dallas. And, like... Lucas like the cheat code. They're like, well, what do we, what are we supposed to do with him? He cooks anyone one on one, so we run three guys at him, and now with Kyrie alongside him, and then all these new pieces, he just it's like an easy pass, and these guys are wide open uh, for last night knocking them down. Like it's got to be, it's just be very infuriating to play him because there's really nothing you can do because he's obviously a capable passer. It's just guys have to hit shots because they're wide open. They're wide open. Yeah. Uh, one thing you definitely can't do is have Grayson Allen guard him. No. I don't think it's going to work because even if he sticks in front of him, Luka could just easily step back and shoot over the top. And then, like you mentioned, 11 assists for Luka, only three turnovers, and it just felt like the Mavericks could get a good shot anytime they needed to. Yeah, and the cool thing about Luka is that He's adapted his game. He's added the the right step side. We all know that above the break on the left side, that's where he makes his money. And the left, he can hit any three there. But he's doing the sidestep to the right that he did against Grayson Allen that was so smooth. And Grayson Allen was trying to take away his left side. Right. So he steps to the right. Well, you can't guard that. And then, yeah, the Kyrie things were really cool. I mean, he was an acrobat in the air. Uh, that, was, that was just cool to watch together. And I know the, the P.J. Washington... And Daniel Gafford additions look good. But Maxi Kleba is kind of their glue. Uh, he played way more minutes than both those guys. And he's been hurt this year. It is something that you know I haven't really noticed a lot of the time. I just feel like they got to get bigger. they got to get stronger. And Kleba just being healthy just helps that lineup. Uh, that was that was very fun. And hopefully Bradley Beal comes back because that's, that's really weird. Because then, then you get a 
well, who who else is going to help? Is is it going to have to, you're going to have to see Royce O'Neal fire? I mean, Bradley Beal will just be good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so again, big win for Dallas against Phoenix in the head-to-head tiebreaker. If they are tied, you know, as the season goes on at the end, they will be above them, and that could be you know the difference between home court advantage possibly or uh, you know a fist seat or something like that or who's stuck in the play uh, yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's mm-hmm. it's possible with how crowded it is yeah. in the western conference all right moving on uh the orlando magic returned from the all-star break they beat the Cavs 116 109 last night handed cleveland just their third loss in 21 games the Cavs had been one of the uh, hottest teams in the league since at least mid-december they played without donovan mitchell so there is that he had an unspecified illness. Had a couple guys after the All-Star break not playing. You know, LeBron, uh, Donovan Mitchell, uh, Beal, obviously. Uh, but meanwhile, Grant Williams, he can't lose as a Charlotte Hornet, baby. They're 4-0 with Grant Williams uh, coming off the bench. He scored 24. Hornets beat the Jazz 115-107 for their fourth straight victory. So TK, get us started here. More surprising from last night, the Magic defeating the Cavs, despite no Mitchell, uh, or the Hornets... Winning their fourth straight game and again staying undefeated in the Grant Williams Charlotte era. It's got to be the Hornets, <laughs> aka the Fournets. It's so surprising that I've checked four times today to make sure they actually won four straight games. <laughs> Seems unbelievable. I feel like I'm clear in the nut dust bowl yeah. right now. Yep. Five games up on yeah. the. I think uh, the Wizards have nine wins. The Pistons have eight. Yep. They're probably not getting caught from behind at this point. You're but uh, Taz talked about how deep the Thunder are. The Thunder are so deep that they sent Trey Mann and Vasily Micic to the Hornets, <laughs> and they're like two of their best players yeah. instantly. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty impressive. 13 points for Mann last night, uh, eight assists for Micic, 23s, though, uh, for the Hornets. And part of that was Grant Williams, who knocked down six of his own. I heard on the broadcast they say they're happy with his physicality because they can play small right now. I don't know that the Hornets necessarily needed to tilt even more offensively focused, but it seems to be working. Only nine threes for the Jazz, and they turned the ball over 19 times. Tough to win like that. Uh, So, yeah, the Hornets picking up a win. Maybe they'll be the spoilers in the second half ah. this year. You don't want to play the. You don't want to play the Hornets. Watch out. <laughs> you don't want to see Grant Williams coming to town. That's right. <laughs> Might lose a, a standing in the uh, in the Western Conference or in, in a playoff seating. I mean, yeah, they are so friggin' deep. Uh, the Hornets. It is wild that the Thunder were able to send guys that were barely hanging onto the rotation or not even in the rotation, and now Trey Mann is starting for the Charlotte Hornets. Mill ball out in this one. Uh, so that'll be interesting to see what those two do as a backcourt in the future. But just having the ball go through Trey Mann also just makes Brandon Miller so much better. Uh, he was great in this game, too. Mm-hmm. If he can just play off the ball, he just looks so good, so huge, so quick with that dribble, and he's able to just shoot over everybody. So, yeah, the Hornets are a different. Yeah, I, I honestly, I too, I was wondering. Four in a row, is that true? Uh, I I saw that, right? Yeah. Well, it gets even crazier, because Charlotte snapped a 16-game losing streak in Utah. The last time Charlotte won in Utah was on the road in March 1st, 2006. That's the Bobcats, baby. Oh, my goodness. And you know what that means. (laughs) I'm firing up the box score and asking you guys, can you tell me who the five starters were for the Charlotte Bobcats the last time they won in Utah, 06. I know who was playing the Oka 5. It was Oka 4. He did not play in this game. What? Yeah. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we got some. Gerald Wallace? Correct. Okay. Yeah, great game from Kem- Gerald. Kemby? Kemba Walker? Not dry, not no, too no, early, no, probably. no, no. Um, 06. DJ but- Augustine? Was he there? That's probably too early. <laughs> no. Boris Diaw? 
No. Oh, nice guess. It's a good guess. Who's the, the lefty? Byron, don't call me BJ Mullins. That's the lefty I was thinking no. of. That's probably later. <laughs> Man, this uh, is awful. The deepest Bobcats I, I think, can think I think you should focus on the guards first. I think Adam Morrison? No. The, no. Uh, so it's not DJ Augustine. No, but think... Uh, Oh, Raymond, Raymond Felton. Felton. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Raymond that Felton. A, that was an unfortunately great hint. And then yeah. think another, um, you know, s- small guard who, uh, you know, could be on like uh, Game of Thrones or something. I don't know, some medieval. There, medieval is your hint. <laughs> Me- what? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Does it start with a T? Does the name start with a T? Or you no, it ends with a T. His last name. No, not Tyrion. Yeah, no, no, tiny, no. A tiny guy, huh? Yeah, he was a first round pick uh, in the 97 draft. He's obviously no longer in the league. He's quite old now. He's a point guard. He's 5'10". Very small. That is pretty small. His And his last name ends in a T? <laughs> no, no. Don't worry about that. No, no, no. His last name starts with a K. <laughs> oh. But it ends in a T. And the point was medieval. Medieval. Or a, or a chessboard. <laughs> Knight. Travis Knight. No, no. Um, King. Uh, no, you, Brandon Knight. No. Nope. Not King. Uh, a knight. Brevin Knight. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Brevin Knight. Guys, he's on a podcast now. Is he? Right? Okay. Yeah, Memphis. Memphis, was. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, broadcast. At least yeah. a podcast. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then oh, two, probably. Two more. <laughs> um, these are going to be very difficult. Uh, this guy, uh, wow, what could I give you? He's Slovenian. It's a great name. It's uh, Euros it, Slokar. <laughs> no, no, it's a big center. Seven foot two. Big dude. Uh, Primo's Brezic. Nice. nice. Good job. That's a random bobcat I know. Yeah. And then <laughs> one more, the toughest of the bunch. I think of him <laughs> as a Philadelphia 76er. I think it was the first team he played for. Played for Cleveland. Played for Boston. Played for the Lakers. Played for the Suns. I guess played for the Hornets or Bobcats. He's a power forward. He's got JJ as his initials, like two first and last names. James Johnson? No. No, but it's a very common Jim name. Jim Jackson. No, <laughs> think of, get that last name. Get that common last name that starts with a J. It's not Johnson. Jones. Yes, Johnson. Jones, Jones. Jones. Popeye. Not Popeye. Wait, it's a J. Jumaine Jones. Bingo. <laughs> there you go. Jumaine Jones. That was a tough one, guys. <laughs> yeah. That's a tough one. Gerald Wallace, Raymond Felton, Primo Brezic, Brevin Knight, Jumaine Jones. You had Melvin Ellie coming off the bench. Melvin Eli, Excuse please. me, excuse me. Kareem Rush, Matt Carroll, Jake Voschkel, and that's it. I thought Kareem Rush was going to be good. Yeah, sure. <laughs> hey, yeah, I yeah, thought it was going to be sure. solid, man. Sure. Primos. Uh, Primos. Brezic and Brevin in the same team. Any any thoughts or uh, notes on the magic taking care of the Cavs, or you're not taking too much away from it because well, no Donovan? Well, Jermaine Jones, he played for the Cleveland Cavaliers one day. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's just start with the Cavs. Yeah, no Donovan Mitchell who fires 10 threes a game. That seemed to be the problem in this one. Because Darius Garland was there, and he could just, you know, you look at it and you say, oh, he can just act like Donovan Mitchell and just create from his spot. But the threes were a problem, even though Evan Mobley and Isaac Okoro, they look good. Uh, and and Struess was fighting. I think the threes were just the problem. It's just Donovan Mitchell not in there. as they uh, That's who they are. So I think that was the problem. But credit to the Magic defense. I mean, that's like where they... That's, yeah. how, that's how they're good this year, you know, top five defense. I think fourth overall in defensive rating. Probably part of the game plan, I assume, to try and take that away a little bit, especially when Mitchell's not out there. But any notes? Yeah, 17 turnovers for the Cavs. It's like they didn't have their point guard out there, and it looked <laughs> like it. But here's the weirdest thing to me. Franz Wagner uh, scored the most points of any Orlando Magic starter, 14. Evan Mobley scored the fewest points of any Cleveland Cavaliers starter, 14. 
Fascinating. Their entire starting lineup outscored the other team's starting lineup, and they lost. Yeah. Doesn't add up. Well, Mo Wagner. Mo Wagner. You got to watch out. Sometimes there's two Wagners, <laughs> and he was great. Like he was finishing, yeah. picking rolls the entire time. They gave a lot of credit to him post game uh, for bringing the physicality, and that's certainly something Mo Wagner does. The bench was just much better uh, for Orlando, I thought, in this one. All right, moving on. Final one here in what you got. Uh, Jokic became the fourth player in NBA history to record at least one triple double against every opponent in the league. He went 10 for 10 from the floor, had 21 points, 19 boards, and 15 assists in the Nuggets' big win over the Wizards. Meanwhile, Sabonis, he posted his NBA-leading 19th triple-double as Sacramento beat the Spurs by five. That's impressive and likely worthy of a what-you-got inclusion, Sabonis, with another triple-double. But rookie Victor Weminyama, he nearly did something we haven't seen in quite some time. He finished with 19 points. 13 boards, 5 steals, 5 blocks, and ooh, 4 assists. So, crazier achievement task. Jokic and his triple-double dominance here. Or Wemby with the very close 5x5. Five five. What you got? February 22nd, two, 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 uh, triple-double man was the guy for me. 15-15-15 on 100% shooting. It's never been done. Uh, <laughs> actually, it's never been done. Triple-15 on 100% shooting. And, and forget the basketball. I, I like the weirdest Jokic when he steps off the floor. To me, this is the weirdest Jokic when he makes these weird faces to his kid that's sitting up there. And that's why I love him. He makes these weird, funny faces. Uh, and he's just dominating, obviously. So the Wemby thing, I can, we can celebrate some other day. For me, He'll it's, get there, it's right? Joker. Yeah. yeah, It's Joker acting real strange. Love the strange Jokic. <laughs> Did you see him at the, uh, I guess it was the Avalanche game, the hockey game? No, I didn't. The night before, maybe the night or two before? He had his his uh, baby girl there oh, on yeah. her lap, had her up on the jumbotron. She mm. was loving it, so they kept going back to him. He seemed to be having fun. Uh, are you agreeing with Tass? Is it is it Jokic or is it Wemby with the near five by five? How about Kiana Christmas? How about it? A quintuple double. I did see this. 11 points, 20 rebounds, 11 assists, 10 steals, and 10 blocks for Fonda Fultonville University? Never heard of it. <laughs> that's I guess incredible. This could, that's an incredible line. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, dwarfing Victor Wembenyama's near 5x5. Five five. He'll get one uh, at some point. I thought this was a Bisman-like performance uh, from Wemby. Not a lot of wild plays, actually, for getting so close to a 5x5. Five five. He had the nice to Jeremy Sohan underneath, which was pretty cool. He had that block on DeMontis Sabonis in the third quarter where Sabonis is just trying to go through his chest. Wemby just takes a couple of bumps and then spikes his layup standing on the ground. That guy's an all-NBA center. That was impressive, but Tass is right. It's the triple-double from Nikola Jokic. The guy's got the best dinker and dumper touch in the history of playing basketball. There was an NBA University tweet that came out probably sometime this week, talking about like the guys who shoot the most floaters. He's on that list, and he's shooting like 63%. <laughs> like if he, ha- if he catches the ball in the lane, he's scoring or somebody else is scoring. He hooked up Aaron Gordon at least three times. He had a couple of long balls to him. Mm-hmm. Also had that behind the back on the pick and roll. That looked to me like Luka Doncic was like, you should try this sometime. <laughs> when you get in a pick and roll, there will be a cut, and you can just hit a guy on a behind-the-back pass. He did it, no problem. Then in the second half, not no Chris... No Contavious Caldwell Pope. He sprained his finger, I think, right? So Christian Brown stepped in, and that guy is an incredible cutter. So, of course, Jokic was diming him up as well. We uh, went on the Thinking Basketball podcast this week. They just did a a quiz on Nikola Jokic of 
where is this pass going? Right. And he told us that his wife cracked the code. If you see Aaron Gordon cutting, he's getting the ball. Yeah. So if you want to take that quiz, he's just getting the ball for a dunk every time, and he did it last night. Yeah. So this guy's awesome. The quiz is great. It like literally shows you the play, and then it stops, and it's like, where is Jokic passing to? This guy, this guy, this guy, or this guy? And you got to try and guess. Yeah. And you're like, oh, it's difficult. You're like, I mean, he could be making easily three of these passes. And you are right. Most of the time it was to Aaron Gordon. My favorite thing was... Heading into last night's action, I saw Nuggets fans celebrating yesterday as, like, triple-double day. Like, they were saying happy triple-double day because they knew he didn't have one against the Wizards yet. <laughs> and then he just goes out and puts up the insane line, doesn't miss a shot. It's like, it's like, they just, like you can just put it in pen that the guy's, like, going to go get one if he wants one. And the other part is, watching this game, because I watched a lot of it, and then again watched the highlights this morning, Jokic just dominating them. I kept, like, honestly not dominating, just toying with them. And all I watch or think about when Jokic is doing that to Bagley or Koulibaly or whoever was matched up against them where it just looks so easy. Remember the um, the Will Ferrell SNL edition tape that would go around and, like, he got the gig because he did the whole, like, little cat thing (laughs) where he would play with a toy like he was a human cat? That's what Jokic appears to be when he plays with these guys. Like, Bagley had no fucking chance against him or any of these guys. It's so easy that, yeah, then he's like, well, I guess I'll just throw this pass behind my back this time and give this one a go. Just And then, yeah, the touchdown to Gordon, that was beautiful. Um, So it's wild that he's... Now I like that he has a, a triple-double against every team. I guess LeBron's done it, Westbrook. Is it Stokes, I think? There's one other guy. Um, but now he's got it. That makes sense. He's got to leave, leave the Nuggets. I think it is, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is uh, funny for the Wizards. They don't have a center to play against uh, <laughs> Jokic. No. Because uh, Bagley's a little too short. But uh, <laughs> it, gay. It's, uh, it's just great to watch Nikola Jokic. Period. He's the best center in the game, obviously. It's it's funny because Nuggets, you know what, what's coming in the playoffs in the fourth quarter. It's the one-two man game or the one-five man game with Jamal Murray and Jokic. But you can't stop it because he can find everybody. He's such a great passer. And then if you try and actually take away the passers, he can score. He no no center can really stop him, especially if you're Marvin Bagley the third. Unfortunately, you're way too short for that man. All right, let's get away from what you got and go into some second half storylines because I want to know TK you can get us started here what is something you're watching for with I don't know about a third of the season to go maybe a little less I still like to consider it the halfway point yeah, yeah. <laughs> no I do I do because the playoffs count man and, well, for us it's yeah <laughs> Yeah, if you're watching the NBA it's the halfway point because you're point. going deep into June uh, the second half storyline for me to watch specifically in the Eastern Conference can anybody beat the Celtics because it doesn't feel like it right now they should be Stamping a ticket to the finals, in their minds at least, they're seven games up on the Cavs right now. They've got a plus 10-point differential because they have two 50-point wins this season. <laughs> then you look at the teams chasing them. The Sixers are really struggling without Joel mm-hmm. Embiid. They're 6-15 and 15 this season, lost again last night. They just don't seem to be able to reliably generate offense. They haven't had their full complement of role players as well, so who knows if they're even able to stay in the top four uh, in the East. The Bucks have not figured out how to play both sides of the ball yet. When Adrian Griffin was the coach, it was all offense, no defense. Now that Doc Rivers is the coach, defense looks okay, and they can't score. Maybe they turn it on uh, in the final third of the season here. The Cavs, I think, just still some uncertainty. They're a really good team, but we saw how things went down in the playoffs, and that's a question mark to me. The Knicks are super banged up. When you're looking at teams that could beat the Celtics, is it the Heat? 
Like, is that the team you're most <laughs> confident in? Because they have uh, they have done it in the past. Obviously, nobody wants to play the Heat in the playoffs. As people like to say, they could end up matching up in the first round. We've seen the Heat knock off a number one seed yeah. uh, less than a year ago. But at this point, it feels like the Celtics are miles ahead of the Eastern Conference. Yeah, the Eastern Conference is a little bit more interesting here to find the team that's going to rival the Celtics. I totally agree. I'm interested to see what happens with the Milwaukee Bucks because they make that huge change of Doc Rivers and they're three and seven under him. That is terrible. But if you look at the stats, as you said, top 10 in defense since Doc Rivers came around. That's exactly why they got him because they had one of the best offenses. They had the 20th best defense uh, under Adrian Griffin. So... That's interesting, but what's also interesting to me is the dynamics of, of of the front court because Chris Middleton helped this team win a championship, but he just looks older, more injured. He doesn't look right. They're going to need Dan, uh, Damian Lillard desperately. They need him, uh, and he, he went into that All Star break struggling. His last five games shot twenty four percent from three, thirty seven percent from the floor. Then he goes and wins the three point shootout. He wins the All Star MVP. He looks great, and Giannis. <laughs> Great interview with Eric Name of The Athletic, basically saying, it's Dame's team. It's Dame's team. Repeatedly. But he's also he's also going into this like a vet and and calling out his team. Again, one more time. I mean, he is he's trying to be that vocal leader. He said some great stuff. Things are not going to be given to us. We have to go and take it. Like I played with guys that never felt bad about themselves. Came in, did their job, went home, did their job, went home, did their job. That's what we have to do. We're not doing it right now, but hopefully we can do it. That's what he sounds like. So I had to impersonate him. Uh, <laughs> You're but allowed it, to do that. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's very it's just interesting that this team has turned around a little bit defensively, but offensively they won with Chris Middleton being awesome. He was their their second option really, and now he's hurt. And now it's it is Dame time. Uh, and and Giannis saying it's Dame's team, uh, that's that's really interesting just to me because uh, yeah I I totally agree, especially with Joel Embiid out obviously um, it's hard to see a team that's going to knock off the Boston Celtics but the Milwaukee Bucks probably feel like that and they have looked better defensively which is really weird uh, since Doc Rivers took over. Yeah, I said this on the Thinking Basketball podcast that we went on this week. It feels like to me, if Kristaps Porzingis is healthy come the playoffs and can continue to be healthy and everybody else on the Celtics is like their top seven guys, they should go to the finals. They look clearly above these other teams, especially when you consider all the injuries. Like, yeah, the Bucks, the Knicks are scrappy. Obviously they got some injuries too. Um, the Cavs have looked awesome. And then there is that, the zombie heat who, you know, you never want to see come the postseason. They turn into a different beast or at least Jimmy does. Um, but I, I just don't see a team. I don't see a team in the East beating them four times out of seven, especially with the Porzingis angle where they post them up. He obviously can stretch the floor. He gives them a defensive backbone. You know, obviously can, you, you then have Al Horford that you can put on matchups. They look, they just look awesome. And like, I think it's going to get interesting in the MVP race, I guess as another storyline to sort of slip in here. It's Jokic. It's SGA. We said Luka, maybe Giannis is still there. What happens if the Celtics have, you know, 60 wins? They're the only 60-win team, let's say, clearly above other teams. Where's Tatum in the conversation? Maybe the numbers are not as impressive as some of the other guys, but a lot of the times we go, man, that's a 60-65 to 65 win team. He's by far their best player. Where's the love for him? Um, so he's going to be in there, in the, in the mix here. I don't think he'll ultimately win it, but um, it's looking like they're, they're going to have – of course, home court advantage in the East. They might have wrapped up home court advantage in a potential finals matchup against any of these Western Conference teams. They've already got well. five more wins than Minnesota right now. Right. And right. they're playing in the West. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, Minnesota, I, I do find interesting just because they're so bad in fourth quarters. It, it, it is strange. They have the 17th best offense, and then they just – it's even it, it's good through the first three quarters, but then it just stops in the fourth quarter. They're 20th in clutch offense um, and, and the fifth highest turnover percentage in clutch time. So it is going to be on uh, Anthony Edwards, obviously. Um, Mike Conley get that new contract that we'll talk about. Monte Morris to a degree, but everybody moving the ball a little bit more. They just become so stagnant in the fourth quarter, and they've had this this film session to try and try and figure it out because they can't. And so that's that's got to be something that they're trying to figure out here in the second half. But there's there's lots of fun stuff in the West. This new starting lineup for the Golden State Warriors and Brandon Pojemski taking over Clay Thompson's spot, and them looking freaking good. The Clay Trace Jackson Davis yesterday was really really fun. Uh, there's lots of stuff. I hope Joel Embiid comes back, too, because they're terrible without him. Obviously, the defense, too. Third-worst defense yeah. since he's been out. That's where this MVP doesn't get a lot of credit um, on the defense event. Any other storylines worth noting here, TK, they got on your list? Top four in the West is a huge one to watch. I'm thinking Minnesota and OKC probably stay in the top yeah. two uh, just because they're both really good young teams, and I think they'll both value having home court advantage. I can see Denver jumping up to three depending on uh, health. They're a pretty shallow team, so maybe four could be had. I don't know. The Clippers had a great run in the second third of the season, you know, like they, they were on a roll. I guess the Mavericks have the easiest schedule of the teams that are stuck in five through eight right now, and the Warriors have the easiest schedule of the teams that are in the play-in. Hmm. I think Dallas would love to be a, a four seed going against probably the Clippers, who would have to drop to five in that scenario, but it feels like it's still jumbled up. It feels like we've got a top four, but I do think a team could certainly break in there. I mean, it's three games right now between the Nuggets and fourth. They're tied with the Clippers. Uh games-wise, not percentage-wise. And then it's three games down to the Pelicans, four games down to the Mavericks. So it would have to be a great run from both of those, either of those teams, to make a run at home court advantage in the first round of the playoffs. That's why Luka has got to calm his temper boy tendencies here. Because <laughs> if he gets to 16, he's getting suspended for some of the most important games of the season. Uh, or he'll just get all of these rescinded by talking his way out of it. But the top four in the West is stacked, and it feels like it could possibly change. We'll see. Anything else storylines wise? No, nah, I think I've think I've gone through them all. Yeah, the West is ridiculous. I mean, the playing tournament is the most excited I've ever been in a, for a playoff tournament ever. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, thought it was more exciting Bulls Raptors last year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've yeah. already seen Lakers Warriors in a playing. We tournament. saw a Lakers, girl Warriors. screaming at a guy shooting free throws. Yeah. Change the outcome of a play-in game. There Will are a lot of all that? NBA guys that. Right now we're in 7 through 10. No, yeah. I know. That's you, crazy. When you do look at the standings, like even like, you know, the Kings, we glossed over. They won. Wemby had the near 5x5, five five, but they won again. And then like, yeah, the Suns are a good team, especially when they got the, the full squad there. Like, they're not going to be an easy. They're not. No team at the top of these West, like the, the 1 through 4, it feels like nobody's going to be like, yes, all right. Like, even the Pelicans are a good team uh, with some playoff experience. Like, that's not a cakewalk. So there's going to be, you know, very likely. There, well, when it comes to the 4-5 matchup, that's like a flip of the coin. I mean, I think 50% of the time the number 5 seed moves on. But even 3-6 again, like last year with the Kings and Warriors, that could be one where it's, you know, prime for an upset. Uh, depends on matchups, I guess. And I can't wait to see if there's any jockeying of like, Oh, I don't really. We don't really want match up well against them. We don't want to play them. We'd rather play these other teams. But that'll be tough to do because it's so jumbled up. So good luck doing that. 
Good stuff. Let's take our first break. When we come back, uh, lots of news to talk about. Mike Conley, the All-Star Game, and a whole lot more. Don't go anywhere. I got to get something off my chest. Nothing drives me crazier than sending a message to a group chat and getting no response. That's why I'm a big emoji responder. Love a hang loose hand or a salute. But man, it hurts when you send a message and get nothing back. Ouch. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks. This episode of NoDunks is brought to you by BetterHelp. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. All right, if you are still with us, uh, good to know. That means the power is still on. Hit the like button. Make sure you subscribe. Um, you were a fan, you said, of the uh, shrimp cocktail at St. Elmo's. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. horseradish. Right, right now, I'm eating shrimp with my left hand. Fidgeting some wood with my <laughs> I'm right hand. Fidgeting with shrimp in my right hand <laughs> and a fume stick in my left. <laughs> Delicious flavors like horseradish. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> that would be that'd be a hit, that'd a crazy be, hit. That would be wild. I had people texting me about the shrimp cocktail at St. Elmo's. You go. You get shrimp cocktail? My wife makes uh, delicious fried tuna cakes, and I put the sauce on it. Oh yeah. You oh, can did, order the oh, sauce. All right. you, I'm surprised you didn't buy a bottle of the sauce. Oh, right. I didn't see yeah, that. You could, yeah, you could. Yeah, sure. You guys got all caught up this. in the merch that they had. You <laughs> forgot about the ingredients, man. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I would love to fidget with I'm that I'm sure we could buy well. it online, yeah. I think I'd, yeah, I'd pour it out first, and then I'd fidget with it. Yeah, but um, it's like it's like a fidget spinner, it feels like. The, the natural wood. Yeah, you know, I, I could see it. I could see it spinning on a fidget spinner right now. They should do an ad for that. Wait, I don't know if you're. I don't know what you're talking about. Right, the now, fidget so. spinner. You know those games. That, oh yeah, 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 for years. Yeah, yeah, it's the same sort of thing. Okay. I am always impressed. Uh, there was that kid in your high school who could like spin a pencil on his finger. You know. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. that yeah. was a cool move. Yeah, do that with your fume. I could, just an idea. I had a good. I had a good uh, semester where I had mastered the Letterman flip. Yeah. Like the chuck it and like sort of catch it without looking at it. Nice. But I could never do what you're saying, like the yeah. down yeah. the thingies, the yeah. waterfall. That was fun. The I, waterfall. <laughs> That's what they called it. Yeah. No idea if they did, but yeah. Don't don't go trying waterfalls. I could do it on one finger. I couldn't do it on five. Yeah. Like That's people next are level. Yeah. All right, let's get into cool. the up-down report. You can tell the boys haven't done a podcast in a couple days. Uh, all right. Another NBA All-Star game has come and gone. It was once again an uninspiring Sunday night. Game was a dud. Big old turd. Despite expectations that the league was going to fix it, 
Instead, we got a 211 to 186 East win and a disappointed dad, Adam Silver. <laughs> and it was uh, it was at least the talk in the NBA media for a couple days. So the question is, the up-down is really almost around the, the discourse around it. Are you up or down, Trey, on fixing the All-Star game? Is this something that needs fixing? You're thumbs up if you want to, and we should. You're down if you're like, who cares, let it be. I mean, I'm honestly probably a little both. A little both? But I'm yeah. a thumbs up. I'm a sucker, man. I like the All-Star game. <laughs> Talked to a lot of people since it. One person has liked it. Who? Andre. Andre last night was like, hey, man, 200 points? Oh, God. It was cool. That's a lot of points. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, seeing Dame Lillard shoot from half court, he made a half quarter in both halves. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. But to me, what it comes down to is the NFL dominates things. They finally end their season. The NBA has a big showcase, and all that happens for the week after is people talking trash about how the NBA went down. So I don't know exactly how they fix it. It could either be more fun or more competitive. I don't know how much more competitive they can make it, but why not just try the Elam ending? At least then you're getting a competitive finish, Mm -hmm. right? Because you have to get to a certain score. We have seen those come down to free throws quite often, which isn't the most exciting, but at least you know the game is going to be close. Or if you just want to make it more fun, start it at 3 o'clock so that like the kids who really like what's going on out there mm-hmm. can watch it. Yeah, kids were having fun even through this game. I mean, they were tweeting and sharing Luka Doncic you know, r- really missing a dunk. Like, that was terrible. Or uh, other guys just either screwing up or firing from three-point line. I, I, too, spoke with people who don't watch basketball every week, but they saw yeah, Dame step into a half-court shot or, or Halliburton step into half-court shots, and they were like, wow, that's kind of fun. But it is really weird when they start in the middle of the night, frankly. That's what it felt like. This is a basketball game, so I wouldn't just say pro bowl it. Even you can go further and and go just let's just have fun right, get and crazy. just yeah and four just, point shots five point shots yeah play horse yeah play right. bump which does sound like fun a little bit but I, to be an actual game I think you have to treat it a bit like an actual game like first don't start at freaking forty five minutes after it's supposed nope, to start that I mean you're supposed to tune in at eight eight o'clock all the fans who are sitting there who basically paid a heck of a lot to be there. And are just corporate fans. They're not real fans. Not many. I mean, that's a problem as well. Let some actual actual fans in the arena, and actually let the players treat it like a real game. Like players couldn't actually warm up. That was the weird thing to me. They're actually out there ninety minutes before the game, but they weren't allowed to touch the ball because they were just doing uh, a little rehearsal for the intros with with what was going on. Where you know they they announce every guy and he comes out. So. Let them warm up a little bit. <laughs> like it's not, a basketball hold on, game. hold on. But that's not why they then lollygag it through the All-Star game, because they couldn't warm up. Well, they were... That's, the, you know, that's their choice. No one wants to get injured. It's an exhibition game, and, yeah. and this is what people want, or a lot of people want. These guys... <laughs> people don't even want 48 minutes. People just want six minutes, five minutes of like, hey, are we going to try it all on defense? Is it going to look anything like a game? And Silver sold us for a year. That's exactly what it was going to be. Well, these he tricked guys, us. These guys actually play basketball. Three every game that they play, they go and warm up beforehand. That is their habit. That is their routine. Right. They need to be in that to some degree. I mean, the last twenty years, guys haven't played incredible defense, but they played in the fourth quarter. I think Sometimes, what yeah. you have to do is maybe four games. I, I, I like the Elam ending, but maybe just call them four games where you play to fifty points or whatever, and 
you have 12 guys on your team, so they don't have to play every minute of every game, these four quarters or four games, whatever you want to call it, because guys don't play. In fact, like PG sat out the second and third quarters. He didn't even play in them. Kawhi set out the second half. LeBron set out the second half. So I think it it, it is kind of strainful, strained on these guys to go out and expect them to run up and down when guys are shooting from midcourt. I mean, that's that's a little much to ask. But if you play them way less, there's a possibility. So I still think they're going to try and make it a game. I, think, I don't think there's a question. Uh, but maybe you play around with how this game is formatted. Sure. I mean, I think I think Trey said it right. You pick one of two routes because right now it's in the worst spot. It's right in the middle. It's not competitive at all. And honestly, it's not fun at all. It's not. It's like cool to see the odd three-pointer from 50 feet. Yeah. There was not a lot of fun moments in that game. One guy got nutmegged, what, traded it to KD? Yep. Oh, come on. I mean, this, honestly, those are, those are fun so, games. So, I was I, not I, having I like fun. I like the, the Luka and okay, that was passing funny. up and down the court. Yeah, like, how, many, right. how many fun moments have you had over the last 20 years? There aren't many fun sure. so moments. Why not, it's not a so, game. So lean into one or the other. Either try and get back to making this competitive, and I'll get to that in a second because it's probably a lost cause, or just lean so hard into making it what it is. You know, it's a marketing tool for the NBA. It's supposed to be fun. It's for kids. So go rock and jock style. Go, f- especially with the LED court that you could likely install come San Francisco and have like spots on the floor that's worth 10 points or, hey, you can't take a three-pointer on this possession. Like get insane with it if you want. And I think that could be, I don't know, a little a little more something that you might be intrigued to watch. Like let them have way more fun. Almost force them to have more fun. And less like this actual pretend we're going to have a game, which Silver did say for a year, Halliburton sort of said as well, and then we didn't. It got even worse than most of these other ones. So mm-hmm. I, I would like to see that if this is what it's going to be. Now, the competitive Spots on the way, floor. Starry spot. Just like, oh, yeah, I'm sure it'll be a sponsor. Don't worry. That won't be an issue. The competitive way, though, which, you know, I'm a traditionalist. I would like to see them compete again. Again, I don't know if we can never get back there. John Greenberg had a great idea from The Athletic. Everyone talks about upping the prize money, right? A lot of people just saying, well, just give them more money. And people roll their eyes at that. These guys, you know, make 40, 50, 60 million dollars a year. We're just going to give them more money. What if the losing players had to pay the prize money to the winners? <laughs> Hilarious idea would be very funny. Will never happen, but a funny idea that would make it more competitive, I would think. I like this other idea, though. And it's a bit of a, it maybe is a logistical nightmare. But I think I heard Malika Andrews first pitch it, and then I was talking to someone on Twitter about it. All these guys want over All-Star Weekend is they want a break. (laughs) And and the the weird part is they're selected as an All-Star, so they go to this event this weekend where they're, you know, going around, doing all their sponsorships, I'm sure they're partying. You're not getting much of a break. It's probably, if anything, uh, more exhausting than some of the guys that aren't All-Stars and, you know, F off for a week and go go to the beach. So... What if we say all the players on the winning team, they get a longer post-All-Star vacation, okay? Hear me out here. Basically, what I'm proposing is flip 1-2-3 Cancun on its head and make it the incentive for what these guys, I think, want. And 3-level scorer on Twitter said, there's something to that. Winning players get a reduction in their 65-game minimum to be eligible for prizes. (laughs) It gets reduced to, say, 62 games. No questions asked. So they could load manage for like a week here in Cancun after the All-Star break. 
Oh, I love it. Let them play for something they really want. These guys are trying to race each other to their private jets to get the hell out of Indianapolis. Make that a, a couple competition. More okay, sure. New yeah. skills challenge just dropped. <laughs> get to the airport. <laughs> Bag check. First one to the Dodge airport. Through. Yeah. So anyway, it's silly, but it's funny. Uh, if we uh, really did want to try and make it competitive, maybe there's something there. They want to play for vacation because they're exhausted halfway through the season. So make it the stakes. Say, all right, winning team. Winning team gets more vacation. <laughs> that would be amazing. I think they would play quite hard for that, personally, but maybe not. Maybe just nobody wants to get injured. Oh, we fixed it. <laughs> oh. How about getting rid of the three-point line? Does that do anything? I mean, obviously, the players will still be able to make the shots from far away, but it doesn't add up as fast. But yeah, I like that. Like, again, yeah. I think what's wrong with, like, suddenly something flashes, like... Or maybe it's like you only get 33 point attempts this game or something. Like, it's like something like that. Like, just make up the parameters. Because to answer your question, I think it would change it a little bit. Because you really can't play defense when a guy just, every yeah. guy is pulling from 30 feet. So, yeah, try Supposed it. Be sticking Damian Lillard from 50 yeah, try feet. It, try yeah. it. All right, let's move on. <laughs> I'm glad we got our, our little fix the All-Star game talk in at the end. All right, next one. Jacques Vaughn, out as head coach of the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, the dismissal announced early Monday morning came five days after the Nets lost to the Celtics by 50 points, second biggest margin in franchise history. Brooklyn promoted assistant Kevin Ollie to interim head coach on Tuesday, hoping he can re-energize the roster. Didn't work against the Raptors last night, but Tass, up or down on the Nets, canning Jacques Vaughn. Uh, were, you, were you shocked at all, or what do you think? It was an interesting timing after the All-Star game when everybody's talking about the All-Star game and how to fix it. Uh, the Nets sneak this in here. Really what has to happen on this team is they have to want to play a little bit harder. Uh, the fast break points yesterday in Kevin Ollie's debut, that was ridiculous for the Raps. We're just able to run up and down and score 23 buckets in transition. That's a lot. Think about that. Yeah, Not points. That is no, 23 baskets. Buckets. That's... Hard to do. What is I this, mean, an all-star game? Uh, I mean, I think the defense was harder in the all-star game uh, <laughs> than, than the Brooklyn Nets yesterday, which is which is sad. Uh, they haven't had chemistry since, since training camp. And frankly, um, they kind of went through Ben Simmons, the entire team, the entire season. And I know he's been out, but that's how they kind of started. Jacques Vaughn is giving him the ball. I, they just, they aren't on the same page. And... Jacques Vaughn really believed in him. Every time Ben Simmons got injured, he kind of played it down as in, this injury isn't a big deal. This injury isn't a big deal. He got the epidural injection. No setbacks. All good. Uh, so, I don't know. The team just doesn't believe in Jacques Vaughn. Uh, but they started 15-15, and 15, the Nets did this year. Like, they were okay. That's probably better than a lot of people thought they were going to be. And then everybody well, keeps pointing to this decision of Jacques Vaughn. I know Tim Bontemps was all over this at ESPN. His decision to not play, or barely play, or not play, like all of his top players in that loss to the Bucks, where they got hammered back on December 27th. And then since then, the record has just been brutal. They got Pretty fined bad. for that, I think, 100000 yeah. Um And like it was just weird. But yeah, did you have a take on Jacques Vaughn? They also lost by 50 right before the All-Star right, break, right? Said, so yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I'm up on this because if he really based the team's offense around Ben Simmons going into the 23-24 season, then... That's why. <laughs> I mean, that's exactly why. The team probably shouldn't be this bad. They've got a lot of good players, but clearly they gave up on Jacques Vaughn. He was kind of lo a leftover from the KD Kyrie era when they didn't want to coach anyways. So, <laughs> right, right? Like, yeah. literally, they're yeah. like, get Nash out of here. We just want to coach the team ourselves. 
that didn't work either. They're gone, so now he's gone. It, it's fine. Like, it's fine. If he's not going to be that helpful with development, then bring in a younger guy who can. Yeah, when asked for specifics on what led to Vaughn's firing, uh, GM Sean Marks pointed to a lack of energy and effort that that plays, uh, sorry, plays that equate to a winning basketball. So, like, just no... And if you watch them, there was, I mean, even it continued last night, yeah. if we're being all, uh, honest with Ollie in there now, but he'll get a chance to uh, try and turn this team around. I mean, uh, I, I, I guess they're still within striking distance of a, of a play-in appearance, but nobody has a lot of faith in them doing much, even if they got in there. But yeah, he's out. Jacques Vaughn, he was an interim head coach a couple times. They've had a lot of coaches in Brooklyn. <laughs> Yes, they have. Since they've went to Brooklyn, uh, the Nets, a whole lot of them. Could have just kept Kenny Atkinson. Yeah, know, yeah, yeah. He's okay. Probably, probably could have done that. Well, we'll see what Kevin Ollie can do because he was. Uh, this is his first head coaching stint. Even mm-hmm. though I remember he was like he was in like uh, circles there as a name that was maybe going to get a job a couple years ago, mm-hmm. but never got it. And then what? He, what happened with him at UConn? Was there a scandal with? Him? I think they did win the NCAA tournament. I don't think it ended well, though. I don't remember exactly what happened. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Okay, moving on, the Minnesota Timberwolves. They are near the top of the West, and they are keeping a core player in place. Per multiple reports this week, the Wolves and point guard Mike Conley have agreed to a two-year $21 million extension that will keep him in mini until the 25-26 season. TK, thumbs up. Thumbs down on Conley and the Wolves and this two-year extension. Yeah, That's an easy thumbs up. I mean, Mike Conley is a good player. Simply put, and they got him on a great deal, and it's a guy that they need to keep around just having the vet in the room who can actually play and who is actually kind of vital to their team, helping settle them down in fourth quarters when maybe it's kind of becoming like an Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns, your turn, my turn, somebody's got to get a basket here. Conley gets him into their sets. He's got great chemistry with Gobert from years of playing together in Utah and just seems like an awesome dude to have around all the time. So to get him on a deal like this, that's an easy up. Yeah, it's a nice deal on a team that's paying a lot of money to not only Anthony Edwards and Cat, but Rudy Gobert, who's making over 40. So you got to have somebody on the cheap. And Mike Conley doing that because he's made so much money over his career as a, as a member of the Memphis Grizzlies. He was the highest paid player in the league for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, but he deserves every single dollar he gets here. He's just had a great year. Yeah, it's 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 awesome uh, to watch him play. He's, he's extremely key to this team, and he'll play it on both ends, and he'll be happy to not take every single shot. But he's shooting 44% from three, uh, career oh, high. Yeah. That's that's great stuff from him. And, yeah, a teammate that, as Trey said, everybody wants. Uh, so I think I think he's a nice glue piece uh, for the other stars on this team. Yeah, and he never hurts you, too. He's second in the league in assist-to-turnover ratio and is uh, actually flirting with a career high when it comes to assists per game. I like that he made it clear here in this extension that – He's at the point of his NBA career and really life where there are things probably more important to him than just like trying to squeeze out every last buck or even hitting free agency in summer where he likely would have gotten more. Um, he wants to win a title because he hasn't won one. So he's on a good team in Minnesota. Obviously a chance maybe within these next couple of years, especially when you look at all their principal guys, Rudy, Carl, Anthony Edwards, Nas, McDaniels, now Conley, they're all sort of locked up for several seasons. And the other thing is, he just like, he likes his family there. He doesn't want to be like ring chasing at the end of his career, bouncing from city to city, having to uproot his family. He's got three young kids. Like, he didn't want to do that. So he's like, yeah, let's come to an agreement here. I'm happy with this, and uh, we'll see what we can do here come playoff time. Yeah, really good extension, sort of a no-brainer. 
with the level he's still playing at, despite his age. And he definitely doesn't hurt your team. Final one. Uh, this week, the NBA media took navel-gazing to the next level when J.J. Reddick called out his former head coach, Doc Rivers, who he will be replacing on the NBA Finals coverage. Quote, this is J.J., I've seen the trend for years. The trend is always making excuses. Doc, we get it. Taking over a team in the middle of the season is hard. It's always an excuse, though. It's always throwing your team under the bus. There's never accountability with that guy. End quote. So this, J.J. Reddick's comments about Doc, fired up Patrick Beverly, fired up Austin Rivers. You know, these guys taking to Twitter and first take, defending Doc, sort of uh, clapping back at J.J., who then turned around, clapped back at them. All this shit went viral. And uh, we had a lot of it for the last couple days. So, (laughs) Tass Mellis, are you up or down on uh, Reddick slamming Doc Rivers and then the media blowback that J.J. received? I'm just lumping it all together. Yeah, there's a lot here. I I go up and down. I want the whole story. J.J. Reddick is obviously upset with his Clippers days with Doc Rivers. It it goes way back. And we've we've had little little crumbs of that story but i want them all i mean this is this is, he he basically didn't didn't go into it all that much no. even though espn's headline on youtube was jj reddick goes caps lock scorched earth on doc rivers for making excuses yeah, okay. i mean really he he just said he said what Twitter has been saying for yes, about a year or yes. two. Yeah, but doc, doc rivers basically said after the memphis grizzlies loss or they they thumped uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. Right. He said some of our guys are in Cabo or are already on All Star break, kind of thing. JJ Redick basically said he throws everybody under the bus. Number one and number two, he takes credit for the JJ. I'm sorry, the James Harden trade this past week, which is what was a, thi- a weird thing <laughs> yeah, that, that Doc was, Rivers that did. <laughs> that thing, that thing was weird. Why take credit for that? I mean, it, it does seem like Doc wants credit over the years. That's totally true, but I want the I want the juice. I want why Chris Paul and DeAndre Jordan did not get along in Los Angeles. I want to know why JJ Redick was upset with that team. I mean, that was like that was a good freaking team. We need a doc on that team, not a doc. Don't Rivers, they have a, a scripted series coming out about that? Clippers oh, is that era? still happening? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. So I or, forgot about that. Lawrence Fishburne is Doc <laughs> yeah. Rivers, I think. <laughs> that felt like in. ages ago. Yeah, I think it's out news. soon, though. Okay, great. Yeah. Oh, maybe this is all marketing for it, man. <laughs> oh. Uh, They're playing us. Maybe. It looked like a a soft porn, if I remember the the poster correct. I can't wait to go check it out. I would know, (laughs) Tass. What do you think and make of all this, uh, you know, J.J. Reddick stuff this week? Uh, I'm up on it because it led to some hilarious Doc Rivers memes. (laughs) Like like warning uh, the Spartans about the Trojan horse. (laughs) J.J. knows how to play play the game, uh, both the game of basketball and the game of media. Because when he is the finals broadcaster, he's going to be super well-prepared, great takes, knowing everything about that. And then when he goes on first take, he knows how to get people completely riled up by saying what everybody says on Twitter. Uh, and that just touched a nerve with the right people. Patrick Beverly, who obviously he's got some beef with, and then Austin Rivers, who has a dad to defend. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That was uh, 
nothing else to talk about in the NBA world for a few days, yeah. and they figured out a way to cover three days worth oh, of chatter. All of this going on, I was starting to convince myself, yeah, cancel All-Star Weekend completely. <laughs> Just keep it going. Keep the season going, because this is what happens when we have this break, and there's no actual basketball to duck. I mean, it was a good 48 hours yes. that they milked out of this. And it was entertaining. Some people love this stuff. and that's the thing. I mean, JJ even spoke to that, right? There was the whole that clip. Or he's saying, I do this deep dive on Zion Williamson and his playmaking and all that. And, and it only gets 50,000 50, views. views. Humble brag, JJ, relax, man. We'll take that on a that video. Was nice. But his point is, you know, I pop off on Doc. And then uh, that's a that's a $10 million, uh, 10 millions of views. Maybe dollars. I don't know how they're doing over there. Uh, I think they're doing well. So he had that too. But then, yeah, people were like, come come." Well, it's a whole other argument about what fans want. There are some fans that want the Zion breakdown and there are some fans, uh, many fans, that just want the beef. That's right. Which is why That's we right. had a whole segment on NBA TV called The Butcher Shop. For a minute. And they cut it. Because <laughs> they didn't want it. The NBA didn't want it because they knew it would be the most popular segment of all time. <laughs> <laughs> right? We can't let these guys get too big. That's <laughs> right. That's right. Give us the beef. Give us the beef juice. I want to know the juice about uh, about why J.J. Reddick was peeved. It looks like that documentary is about the fall of Donald Sterling. Right. If that happens, when that happens. So that's not even the juice. Give us the juice. It's not even the juice. We'll never find out about what happened in that locker room. Okay. We'll never find out. Uh, we got to take one more break. When we come back, though, some rapid fire fun. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. You just reminded me, JD, when you got very upset there about mm-hmm. getting your ass handed to you in pickleball, <laughs> yes. uh, that we were at uh, over All-Star Weekend. We popped into the NBA crossover, which is like the old jam session where they got a bunch of stuff going on, things for kids and activations or whatever. And I forget which one we were in, but Wilson. there were... We were at Wilson. Wilson. Was it Wilson? Wilson Rackets, Yeah, JD, JD we saw <laughs> NBA yes. uh, team pickle ball rackets yeah yeah or yeah yeah yeah, we got very excited (laughs) i well ashua sent me the tweet after we got back from from all-star the biggest snub we've ever suffered how did we not get how did i not get invited to the wilson pickleball thing oh there was an actual yeah game yeah yeah, rachel nichols out there oh yeah oh yeah rachel nichols playing pickles well i think she was just hosting it but i don't i just saw pictures (laughs) (laughs) okay Okay. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, Joakim Noah was playing, right? Yeah. 
Oh yeah. man, I would have liked to see that. I bet these guys Said are. I good. bet these guys are good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, his dad's a professional tennis player. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's why he's sick with it. Yeah, that's why he said it. he was good. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they call it. Nice. <laughs> that's what. They call it. <laughs> nice. Oh man, imagine Wembenyama playing pickleball. Ooh, <laughs> the reach. That guy's never stepped foot in the kitchen. Doesn't need to. <laughs> good luck it. trying to hit a lob shot over that guy. Oh, yeah, no kidding. My goodness. So what happened, JD? Like just like you're rusty, or because you were gone for a couple of days? I've always sucked, but yesterday was <laughs> for a guy that talks a lot about pickleball and plays a lot. I know. Well, how I can just you suck at it? You I've must... never played a sport, man. Yeah, I've never okay. played a racket sport. I'm going up against people who've been playing tennis their whole lives, yeah. and then they get into pickleball. Oh, this is so fun and easy. <laughs> Lighten me up. I'm, I'm walking off the court yesterday, looking at my paddle, and this woman who just beat me, she's like. Your, don't look at your paddle. It's not your paddle's fault. Oh, and I said, I'm just wondering how much I can get for this thing, this thing on eBay or whatever. And uh, Ice was her name. Ice? Her name ice. was Ice. Was she American Gladiator? I pretty much. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, no what? You're going to lose as soon as you're ice. playing a woman named Ice. I know. And Rachel was her partner. Ugh. What's Rachel's pickleball name? Killer? It's just straight up Rachel. <laughs> uh oh, here comes Rachel. One name. Shit. <laughs> All right, great. <laughs> okay, we got to start wrapping up this drop podcast. But before we go, a little rapid fire fun. Tassie, you got the questions this week. First one here Victor Wembanyama is Louis Vuitton's newest ambassador. Yeah, he was looking sharp in those zip-ups. He looked good. Pick a brand that would make the most sense for you to represent skeets get us started i don't think it's uh all that crazy right it's pretty obvious the hallmarker slammer catalog <laughs> we're tight i mean yeah sure they don't send me a magazine every year i don't know why uh i gotta beg for one i gotta go online and do it but i mean no one talks about the hallmarker slammer catalog more than i do you're right over the last Absolutely 10 years true. nobody in fact i have i have you know brought people to the catalog People didn't even I know agree. this was a thing. Yeah. So I, I think this is, uh, they, they should be paying me for all this <laughs> advertising. So I'll go with the Hallmark Islamic catalog. Sounds like a natural relationship, right? <laughs> Trey, what do you got? As a factory worker from the Midwest, it's got to be Carhartt for mm. me. Oh, yeah, good. Mm. Yeah, specifically nice. hats. I feel like I've mostly gotten Carhartt hats. That's not one I'm wearing right now, but. Uh... <laughs> Were I to ever get on Survivor, I'm wearing my Carhartt Bulls hat. Um, and we just heard Ooh, nice. um, over the weekend, or over All-Star, that Miles Turner and Bruce Brown are like the Stetson hat guys. Like the <laughs> cowboy hat brand ambassadors. Right. I feel like I could slide in there, you know? Do Carhartt we, hats only. We don't know of an NBA player that is a Carhartt guy. Uh, Josh. Josh Carhartt. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Bruce Brown shows up in Carhartt quite a bit, actually. Yeah, yeah. No, and like, yeah, and like, who's who's a real lunch pail, you know, type of guy? Like, who would it be? I like, I like, it just sounds good, like but like, Lou Dort for Lou Carhartt Dort would be yeah. good. Carhartt. <laughs> <laughs> be good. Yeah, but he's he's pretty fashionable, so maybe I don't know. Uh, good good answer though. I like that brand for you. You're totally right, Trey. Miles Turner, Bruce Brown. Here's a Stetson story title, Cowboys of the Court, that mm. the two are featured in. Uh, yeah. But we had, a th- we had a working theory that they, you, you couldn't have two Cowboys on the same team in Indiana. And that they so had true, like man. a little quick draw to see uh, <laughs> who had to go. And I guess Miles Turner got him beat. Brown got sent out. Brown out of town. That's right. <laughs> All right. J. 
JD, you got an answer for this yeah, one? Yeah, I know. I just said I suck at pickleball. But bread and butter pickleball, <laughs> hook me up. This is, I haven't bought my lo- – I'm, I'm looking for at the loco, the, the paddle, but this is Ra- the, what Rachel uses. It's oh, the Jesus. filth. She walks it's onto the, the court. Oh, here comes Rachel. Here comes Rachel. She's going to light me up. That, like, seriously, they just – they love her. They're like, oh, you play with me. Play with me. Play with me. And I'm, like, skulking off into the corner like like sad Charlie Brown over there. You know what would be a cool flex, JD, once you uh, become dominant at pickleball? Uh-huh. Have the paddle like you had there. Yeah. Obviously the whatever, the pad on one side. Yeah. But on the other side, have it a mirror. And like you score a point, and you're always like looking at yourself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so pretty. Like a gorgeous George sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah, actually awesome. Yeah, I like that. Okay. I like that a lot. All right, I'll work on that. So like a mirror on the paddle? Yeah, on like one on the side? other side, yeah, on the one cool. side. So every time you score, you're like turning around, you're just like, ooh, that was a nice shot. That's dude. nice. Yeah. Nice shot, dude. Nice shot, me. <laughs> yeah, one yeah, I love that, actually. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they got a sell mirror them. on the back of your pickleball paddle. That's good. It's like a, it's like the model Rick Martel, right? Like the wrestler. Yeah, yeah. He sort of was always doing that. Mm. I feel like he had a mirror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Val Venus, Mister Wonderful. They all did it. Um, <laughs> that's interesting that they're called a paddle. Period for me because I called it a racket earlier because yeah, I thought so an NBA it. crossover it was the first time I held one. Actually, I thought it'd be bigger. Maybe because you know you play on a court. Mm. You haven't played more. pickleball yet. I have not. Wow! I'm, I'm holding out. Rachel not gotten you out. I'm holding out. Holy! The world is the world is coming. It's happening. It's, you probably have everywhere. pickleball courts in your yeah. neighborhood. In my house. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. <laughs> I designed it. I made it. I'm letting everybody else play first. Uh, next one. St. John's University's head coach Rick Bettino isn't having fun in his first season there. He said, "Quote." I'm not going to lie to you. This is the most unenjoyable experience of my lifetime. St. John's is 15 and 12. Guess that's not good. What's the worst time you had? Or what's the worst time you had at your job? Skeets. Mm, any job, any obviously. Job. Yeah, yeah. Not, uh, not this one, unless you want to say this one. I mean, that's totally <laughs> an never, option. I have never had a bad time with this job. Uh, but you guys know I've had a million jobs. And one of them in particular, probably the worst time, was right after high school. Didn't know what I wanted to do for college. Uh, decided I was going to travel. Had no money. Had to make some money. So I took a job at a factory in Stratford, Ontario. It was a car factory. And the first gig I got was the graveyard shift in a car factory. Cleaning the robotics. Getting all the parts ready for the guys that would come in at like 6 in the morning. So I worked from, you know, like 10 to 6. There were like five people, including myself, in this giant-ass factory. Some lonely nights, guys. <laughs> this is this is pre-podcast days too. So like uh, maybe now you could at least you know have your phone and listen to something. Just me and my thoughts going. <laughs> at least I'm making money here. I'm gonna be in Australia in a couple months. Uh, but those were some those were bad times. <laughs> some Rick Patino times in that car factory. Patino times. <laughs> oh, holy crap! Fifteen man. and twelve, man. Whew, yeah. It was a uh, cleaning robots. Yeah, like it with, sounds cool. What do you say that way? Cool. It is not cleaning robots it's all night. Dirty as shit. I'm like inhaling stuff that's probably gonna knock 20 years <laughs> off my life. Oh no no no! And I'll, the the worst part was, sure the cleaning was the cleaning, but like we would I would take a pedal and I would put it in this machine. I would just stamp on the pedal. So just one at a time. Put it in, close it, stamp, and then take it out and do that and just yeah. have thousands of them and that would be my shift like sometimes that's all i would do for a week yeah <laughs> what kind of cars were you making 
Uh, no idea. I wasn't that interested. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, never got. Uh, a, I never got to work the grill. I'll, t- I'll tell you what. They weren't Chevy Cruises. Uh, I think it was early. a Toyota plant. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, the good thing is that those cars you helped build are probably still on They're the road. They're still running. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Check check uh, check your pedals. Check your pedals. See if it's got a skeet stamp on it. (laughs) All right, Trey, the worst time you had at a job. Also a night experience. I used to do data entry at a pharmaceutical research company. We would have these deadlines we would have to meet. You had to have all of their data entered and cleaned, blah, blah, blah. Uh, We had a big deliverable one day. We went to check it like 5 o'clock the night before it was due the next day, and we had thousands. Like half of the stuff was not entered, so we just had to pull an all-nighter. You know, work from five until five in the next morning, just at the computer, jamming away, hopping in the dead spin comment section every now and then to give a quick update. Then back to that. Nice. Call my friend Jim Zeke and hey man, can I come stay at your place? He's like, yeah, I'll be up raging. I was like, not exactly what I meant, but uh, I'll be there anyways. An unexpected overnight shift is not great. Oh yeah. man, good there. Like God bless people that work these shifts, because I'm like going into work on a Sunday night. That sucks, man. That <laughs> just sucks. Because <laughs> your Sunday's ruined. I always remember that. Because yeah, I'm the type of person like I can't go do things. I like I just keep thinking, oh, I got to go into work at you know seven o'clock on Sunday mm-hmm. night. You have all day. I could do stuff, but you're like it would get in my head that I could do nothing. Couldn't do anything fun at least. But it's so peaceful. Nobody talking to you. Nobody bothering you. That's so great camaraderie quiet. sometimes, though. Yeah, we yeah. had some fun when you get. Yeah, yeah, it's like, um, what's the classic, uh, the the classic '80s movie, um, where they're in the library. Why oh, I, the Breakfast Club. Yeah, it turns into the Breakfast Club yeah, a little yeah. bit. Where yeah. you're just like, uh, we can get away with anything in here. Just talk about your lives. <laughs> That's right, man. Bond. I don't remember any of these people I worked with, <laughs> so we didn't bond that well. <laughs> JD, did you do any bonding? And what's the worst time you had at a job? The worst specific incident was uh, I I got like second, third degree burns on the tops of my feet because I was mopping a floor at Mr. Green Jeans. I was like a house. They called it. Called, it was like a porter, I guess. So my job was to clean. Yeah. And uh, for some reason, the water was like scalding, scalding hot, mm-hmm. and I was carrying the like a big mop bucket on the wheels and stuff up some stairs and it just fell and all of the water poured like I think I was wearing Jordans actually and they, like you know how the tongue sort of stuck out oh, it yeah, was the it 80s like it. And it just went poured directly onto my feet pulled my shoes and socks off as my sock came off like all this skin came off oh. with it oh, fuck it was so gross yeah let me oh, guess you kept that's working that's through the night no uh, they, they sent send me you? they wow. sent me to the hospital actually yeah, wow, was, okay. was, uh, that was a bad one but yeah you know what yeah I wanted to stay because I love cleaning toilets, guys, as it turns out. Who's going to clean it. these toilets if I'm not Did here? you mop a toilet? Uh, no, I wasn't mopping a toilet. Anyways, that's a great story. Uh, yeah, no, it's kind of no, it's not a good cool story, story, but it's a great story. One. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was, I was to the rest of the summer off. I couldn't put on shoes. It was like, that? Oh, yeah. Holy yeah, crap. I was like feet up. Like, uh, it, was, it was bad. Yikes. Yes. Thanks for sharing. Good times. Last one. <laughs> Netflix has announced plans for a new documentary about the Montreal Expo's departure in 2004. They left to go to Washington, the Nationals, which collapse in any sport or any industry. Get creative here. Should get a doc made about it. Skeets. I have two answers. One, it was something we already talked about, but I can already see the doc 
what happened to the all-star game I love? <laughs> okay? We'll be working on that. We'll start producing that. But the other answer is, uh, give me the rise and fall of the SCORE television network. Think of the interviews you could have with the, the talent that was there. Tim McAuliffe, Sid Sixero, Cabby, Renee Paquette, Jackie Redmond, Arda Ocal, Adnan Verk, Elliot Friedman, Sarah Orleski, Dunlop, Sharman, Jack, all the soccer guys, Donovan Bennett, Camp Store, the Basketball Jones. Man, I'm probably missing like another 20. So apologies if, I, good. if I missed you, but uh, there's something there on the... Uh, yeah. On a weird place too, like a hilarious, yeah, a good one. hilarious sports network. I mean, we were only sort of there for the tail end of the television part, mm-hmm. but imagine the stories prior to that. So I think that'd be a good one. Somebody should do that for sure. Yeah. yeah, lots of strange parts about it, which would make it great. Absolutely. You know, they were trying. Oh yeah, they were trying. They were innovative. Yeah, had the They're... double ticker. They were the first people to ever have the double ticker. <laughs> <laughs> what an innovation! They, they had a crazy so like, what, thing. One of them is scores, and yeah, one of them yeah, is news. Yeah, it's, yeah. I guess. it's pretty common okay, now. Yeah. yeah, but I think they were the first, at least in Canada. Um, there was another thing, like when they got their rights to do it, they had to like, they had to like cut away every fifteen minutes to like highlights or something. It was this, oh yeah, 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 yeah. It was sort of prior to us, but there yeah. was this weird thing they had to do. They had to interrupt programming all the time. Right. Because <laughs> it was like a part of the Canadian, whatever, CRTC ruling. Right. Yeah. Can can. Need <laughs> anyway, Canadian can can. Something there. Something there. Something there for sure. Yeah. I'd watch that. All right, Trey. What do you think? What doc are you making? I want to dock about Jinko jeans. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. How in the world did these get to be the most popular <laughs> denim in the world? <laughs> Who was the guy that said... We can go bigger. Yeah. And did they reach a point where they got too big <laughs> and they knew it was big. over? Like, like John Jinko's like, yeah, 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 yeah. My brother James <laughs> Jinko, he said he went for a 28-inch opening. I said, that's not that's not going to work. People are going to turn on us. And they did. Then we got to tiny jeans, and now they're trying to bring them back, and it's working okay. Yeah. But now I hear we're going back to skinny jeans again. What? No. Yeah. Already? Yeah, 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 sorry. Holy crap, that was quick. <laughs> yeah, 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 all my yeah. skinny jeans. Yeah, they got to hurry up and get this dock out. You never know. <laughs> Good wow. one. Man, remember the size of those pockets? That's another part. Oh, yeah. Like the deepest pockets you've ever seen, you had to have a chain wallet. <laughs> were, they, were they in league together? Jinko <laughs> in the chain wallet yeah. industry. Maybe. That's just, uh, I just hate, I hate clothing weighing me down. And that's all I think about. Or I mean, I and I rocked yeah, some of like totally. not, maybe not the ultimate giant ones, but I had huge ass jeans when I was like in grade nine, grade ten. But like now I look at them and I'm like, oh, how did I? Maybe it made me stronger by having to walk in them, <laughs> <laughs> like running with a parachute. Yeah. Behind you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. Yeah, so. I'm gonna say my number went like full size. No. You could always see my shoes. Same. But there were people out there. You could, they just look like they're floating, man. <laughs> just gliding along. Especially if they're on a skateboard. Yeah. <laughs> All right, JD, which collapse should get a doc made about it? Uh, yeah, mine is, uh, I had a couple as well, but let's just stick with fashion. The tie rack. The rise and fall of the tie rack. Interesting. Remember that store? Oh, oh the, the store? store? I thought yeah. you meant the actual no, no, no. product. The tie, yeah, it was a store called the tie rack. It started in Britain. It was, they sold ties. That's it. <laughs> yeah, sure. Ties and cufflinks. And they just refused to sell anything else. <laughs> <laughs> and just behind guns. the scenes of some posh British dude, like, nope. 
guy, listen, the men buy shirts and ties at the same time. <laughs> Quite we often. don't we don't sir we don't sell shirts here. No. You know, just just digging in and and just you know, I, I think there's a couple left in Australia, but it was like 300 stores worldwide. Wow. Just, just selling ties. ties. Just ties. There was one in the Eaton Center. Yeah, I, I was going to say that's the one I remember. There wasn't any shirts there. There were cufflinks and ties. Did you ever buy a tie? Hell yeah. From the tie rack? Yes. (laughs) It's the only place to go. It's the only place I could think of. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds good. So you want a documentary made on this. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'd also, uh, Quibi, I'd like like a behind-the-scenes tell-all. You'll never see it because it's too Hollywood inside, but, Mm. you know, just the the egos. You think it would be all 10 to 15 minute episodes? It would only be a 10 Has minute doc- documentary. That's it. <laughs> would be. Wow, there's something I hadn't thought about in a long time, man. Was that the length? I had eight in my in my brain. Was I it don't eight? Know. I, I don't know either. Ten. Yeah, okay, ten. <laughs> Whatever. That's all right. Stupid. Ten minute doc. It was, let's it do was it. a stupid idea. <laughs> stupid idea with a, qui- with a good name, though. Quibi. Quibi. Quibi, great name. Quibi is a great name. Yeah, great name. All right, that's rapid fire. Not so rapid, but that is hopefully another classic drop podcast. You tell us by leaving us a five-star rating and review, by hitting the like button, by subscribing. Uh, a few things here. We'll be back on Monday with winners and losers of the NBA weekend. Excited about that. Weird schedule this weekend. Tons of games on tonight. Light schedule on Saturday. Tons on Sunday. But we'll be here on Monday. Survivor returns next week. Oh, baby. What? Yeah, you heard that right. (laughs) That means no buffs is back, uh, which feels like we just wrapped up. But Survivor 46 starts on Wednesday night. I think we have... A two-hour episode, JD and Trey, uh, on yeah. Wednesday night. I think actually the first two episodes are two hours, and then it goes back to ninety. Okay. So uh, lots of Survivor. Jinko <laughs> <laughs> jeans. Just keep expanding. <laughs> so that's something to uh, go and subscribe or seek out on your podcast platform if you want to hear us uh, talk about Survivor. Great time to get in. The perfect time to get in. We haven't even talked about an episode of Survivor Forty Six yet. And then there was one more thing. Oh, next weekend we're going to be calling another. College Park Skyhawks game against the G League Ignite team. It's a Sunday game, 2 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we'll talk about more of that uh, next week as we lead up uh, to that Sunday game. But just want to get that on your radar. Anything else I'm missing? I don't think so. Oh, it's leap year. So we got an extra day next week. When is, what day is that? Mm-hmm. February 29th this year. <laughs> Thursday. We should, we, and Tyrese Halliburton yeah. is, a, is a leap deer guy. He'll be turning six. Yeah, we should do a, a short on that. I wonder how many NBA players. Vontigo Cummings. I know he is oh, okay. uh, February 29th as well. Okay, well, uh, you know, happy birthday in advance to all these guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, but until Monday, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, Kevin Ollie is part of uh, Overtime Elite. Ah, that's, that's where it, it was. Yeah yeah, 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 for a couple of years. That's it. Now you know. Brace the weekend, people. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.